The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Since the 1970s, Black people have been underrepresented in the tech world. This has led to things like Face ID software working less effectively when analyzing Black faces, racist algorithms that establish or reinforce age-old prejudices against Black people and women, and Google search biases that disproportionately show Black people in criminal or impoverished circumstances. This lack of full representation has even affected social media platforms, where Black people struggle to consistently receive proper credit for establishing many of the viral trends that influence the world. We've seen time and again how our dances, language, humor, everything good and some not so flattering tends to go viral, only to be adopted, co-opted, or often outright stolen by corporations, other content creators, or even social media platforms themselves. Rarely do we see credit attributed to these Black creators. Even rarer still do we see Black people making money off of their trends. To help us understand the importance of representation in the tech world and what we can do to increase the size of our Black digital footprint, I have today's guest, Ernie Suggs from the Atlanta Journal-Constitutional. This is Our Daily Story, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. So welcome to the show today, sir. How you doing? Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I've been uh, looking forward to this. Absolutely. Let's get started. So you recently wrote a piece called uh, Atlanta Startup Fan Base Jumps into Social Media. So tell us a bit about your article. Uh, yeah, basically, uh, I wanted to do an article about, you know, basically fan base, which is an alternative. I don't know if I should say alternative, but it's another it's another vehicle out there for for social media creators, for online creators, you know, a lot of the, whom happen to be black. Mm-hmm. It's owned by a black man, uh, Isaac Hayes III, mm-hmm. whom your listeners probably uh, recognize the name of uh, 
the son of Isaac Hayes. And what he wanted to do was that he was seeing how black creators, particularly black kids, were creating things on social media, whether it be on Instagram or um, TikTok or even Facebook or whatever, and were not getting monetized or not getting paid or credited for their creativity. So what he wanted to do was create a platform, create a, um, a social media uh, model that would allow uh, creators, whether you're black or white or whatever, uh, to get paid. So he's kind of come up with that new model. Um, and it's, you know, seems to be working out well. It's a brand new um, platform. It's called Fanbase. Um, you can look it up or you can download it on um, Android or, or um, your iPhone mm-hmm. and get involved in it. But, it, you know, he's got about 200,000 um, subscribers or users, as he, as he likes to say. And it's doing pretty well. He has a pretty nice office set up here in Atlanta. Um, and it's 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 becoming a nice little alternative that he hopes that is going to one day become the standard bearer. OK, very good. So why do you believe that black content creators are not being paid equitably for their social media content? Well, I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of factors. It goes back to, you know, how black people have never been fully compensated for our creativity. It goes back to the. You know, even the music industry, you know, one of the things that Isaac Hayes III talks about is how his father, the great Isaac Hayes, was exploited, uh, went bankrupt, not having the publishing rights to the great songs that he produced. So this is not this is not new. We have been dealing with this kind of stuff, uh, misrepresentation or misappropriation of our products for as long as we have created products or as long as we have created, as long as we have been creative, we have lost that um, we have lost it. So what, what's, what's happening now is that, you know, with social media, you know, uh, with black creators not being, a, not being afforded opportunities, not being afforded advertising, not being afforded platforms in which to, um, to, to properly display their creativity, it often gets co-opted by other more popular, more well-connected creators. For example, here in Atlanta, we had a, a young black girl who created a dance. And, you know, it was a very popular dance and it did very well. It blew up on Instagram and Twitter. And a white influencer who was much more popular than she is co-opted it, um, reproduced it, did not give her credit. And this white woman blew up. She got, you know, she has a TV show on Netflix or on Hulu. She's got all these advertising. You know, she has all this advertising. She's reaped all these benefits from what she has done, co-opting this black girl's dance. And, you know, the black girl afterwards, you know, um, once the, the, the girl kind of blew up, she did credit the girl, the black girl. And the black girl got on. Um, she was able to dance at an NBA All-Star Game halftime show and she was on Ellen. But the woman who took her dance made millions of dollars off of it. Right. So. This is the kind of an example of how black creators lose, often lose what they've created. And fan base is attempting to um, to fix that, to remedy that. Yeah. And I imagine that the moment, the early momentum is really what carries a lot of the uh, the narrative, of course, but a lot of the profits and the, the, the early and, and perhaps the most significant benefits of the creation itself. Yeah, I mean, you know, marketing is, you know, you, you know, and your, your listeners know that marketing and, and branding, you know, brand, that's, that's a big word these days. 
those are all very important in how you get your product out there. Mm -hmm. So they've been very diligent. Uh, they've gotten a lot of press along with the Atlanta Journal Constitution. <coughs> they've been in the New York Times and, you know, the Los Angeles Times, uh, Variety Magazine, Atlanta Magazine. So they are out there kind of promoting it and pushing it. But, you know, it's a long struggle. It's a long road. You know, um, yeah, Twitter just sold today for $45 billion. Right. You know, so, you know, how do you compete with that? on a global market, you know, so he knows he has an uphill climb, but, you know, black people have been climbing up these steep hills for a long time. Well, that's, that's actually what I was referring to when I said a lot of the early momentum, um, as in your example, the, the white content creator was able to take advantage of that early momentum from the Bible trend. And then you said she got a TV show and all these other things. And then the black girl came after the fact, after the momentum had sort of washed over the the collective consciousness of the internet yeah. and uh she was credited you know after the fact and so she perhaps wasn't able to reap as much as the white woman who took her dance from her so that's to, to your point um I, I see how that could work out in that way yeah. i would estimate that the white uh woman um and i hate to use these terms white woman and black woman but i would hate to, i would i would estimate that out of that dance that the black girl created uh -huh. the white woman probably got a hundred times more profit right. right from her copying the dance not crediting the girl properly mm -hmm. um and and reaping the financial and and cultural and and branding benefits from it okay well um so uh how about this how, you wouldn't happen to know how difficult it was for isaac hayes the third to create fan base would you um, um, I don't think it was difficult. I mean, he comes from a musical background. Okay. Obviously, he has a name. You know, that helps. Yeah. Uh, he has a music background. This is actually his first time creating an app or creating a tech company. So um, that was, I wouldn't say difficult, but that was a challenge because he's going into a particular um, realm that he was not very familiar with. Okay. But I think that he has used a nice model Um kind of based on his, his background as a music producer, mm -hmm. based on his background of being the son of Isaac Hayes, a businessman at heart, um, who, you know, Isaac Hayes actually ran Stax Records for a little while. Mm -hmm. So he has, he came in there with a little bit of a background and he's, you know, he's a, you know, he's Isaac Hayes' son. He's a charming guy. He's very smart. Mm -hmm. He's very well connected. So he's been able to get investors to come along and invest in this product. And he's been able to convince um, creators to come in and 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 perform or to to subscribe to the platform. So while it has not been uh, a bed of roses, it has not been that difficult for him to kind of start this up okay. and and to build it up. I mean, he's it's already valued at um, he has a fifty million dollar valuation on it mm -hmm. right now, yeah. which is pretty good. Uh, he's looking to you know become a billionaire. Uh, he says within five years he's going to be a billionaire. Uh, well, that's something we have to wait and see uh, if that happens. But, you know, he is he's working hard. He's striving. He has a pretty nice um, layout in Midtown Atlanta, you know, right in the heart of the city. Uh, so he's doing quite well so far. Yeah. And I think with that uh, forty four billion dollar valuation now uh, going to Twitter, um, that certainly might influence the, the worth of the company now and then in the future as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, Twitter right now, people are kind of debating where they want to go with Twitter, you know, mm -hmm. they want to stay or go, or they're, they're nervous about uh, what Twitter is going to become in the next month or so. So, you know, this probably is a good time for places like Fanbase to kind of build on their audience and to build on their, um, 
user experience. Sure. And, you know, the way that you describe it is it's it's sort of interesting kind of to piggyback off of your example of it kind of feeling like uh, a record company. You know, um, I remember, you know, growing up in the uh, mid to late 90s, there were lots of black owned record companies popping up, you know, all around the country, you know, Death Row Records, Cash Money Records, um, the list goes on, you know, Rough Riders and all all these um, labels. And uh, in doing that, they kind of shifted away the, the way the money moved away from the traditional record label model toward, you know, black ownership. And then we saw this kind of explosion in the hip hop world where uh, black people were kind of receiving more of their dollars. And that was in stark contrast to the way it had been in the early 90s and the late 80s, at least with respect to hip hop and, and the way the money moved. And so um, I loved your example of how fan base works. And I'll, I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. I uh, signed up for Fanbase. I'm one of the uh, early oh. adopters for the site. Okay. I signed up many months ago because um, I liked where it was going. And, you know, just so that I can share it with our listeners today, they do have um, a framework built into the uh, to the app to where if you see something that you like or there's someone that you're really a big fan of, you're able to give them more than just a like. You can give them um actually i think it equates to like a penny or something like that if it's like a double like or something i forget the the terminology but you can invest as little as a dollar and uh send a penny to someone you can send 10 cents you can send a full dollar whatever the dollar amount but it's it's like the difference between a like and a love and uh, i really like that because it allows the individual to support monetarily uh, their favorite content creator, you know, musicians, yeah. traditionally, you can go and buy their albums and support them, which it takes place outside of the, the traditional um, social media platform. You have yeah. to go to a separate platform to purchase their, their music. And then they never know whether or not you've actually purchased their content, but on fan base, you can send, we'll call it money directly yeah. to a person. It's in the form of, I believe it's called love, love, yeah. Show love. love. Yeah. yeah and send uh, money directly to the, to the content creator uh, of your choice. And I really like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the things that makes it unique. You know, people are getting paid, you know, they're getting, mm-hmm. you know, they're not getting rich right now, but people are making between 50 and a hundred, 50 and $500 a month mm-hmm. based on the content they create, because people are sending them, like you said, they're showing them love mm-hmm. by clicking on and making these donations. So people are getting some sort of compensation for their work. Yeah. And, and as the site continues to grow, I'd imagine that the, uh, the amount of money moving around uh, will definitely change things and it will keep people inspired to be creative and perhaps even uh, allow folks more resources. One of the things that I saw early on uh, with a site called um, Vine, mm-hmm. Vine, for those that don't know, was a video-based um, social media platform where you were only able to play 10 seconds or sorry, six seconds, I believe. Seven. I think it was like seven seconds or something. Maybe that's right. Okay. And it would just loop. Um, Yeah. So a lot of folks got real creative with that. Well, once money got involved, people were able to build these really elaborate sets and get into digital editing and that sort of thing to bring out, you know, more humor, bring out more drama or whatever it was they were putting into their minds. And so with fan base, having this kind of, uh, monetary, um, element built into the framework that is very attainable. You don't have to buy anything. You can just like photos the same as you can with any other site. But in order to show love, you can spend, again, as little as a dollar, 
you know, as often as you like, and then you just share a few pennies here and there and people get to receive that. So um, with that uh, kind of built into it, I I certainly hope that as the site continues to grow, we'll see more um, production value, more elaborate things going into our black content creators uh, 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 resources resources mm-hmm. or their toolboxes, if you will. So I think we will. I mean, you know, black creator, I mean, all creators, but, you know, particularly as a, as an African-American, I pay attention to black creators, mm-hmm. creativity, and, you know, we're doing some amazing work, mm-hmm. you know, on the social media level, you know, kind of like high quality, you know, production work. You know, I, I, I imagine that's going to continue. I imagine that, you know, all of this is going to create some stars, not only in front of the camera, but behind the camera, which is very important. But so, um, Companies like Fanbase are right there at the vanguard of, of kind of creating this new generation of creators. And, you know, and most importantly, a new generation of creators that are going to be compensated for their work. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because we all want to get compensated for our work. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash B-I-N. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. 
Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Today we have Ernie Suggs from the Atlanta Journal-Constitutional with us discussing Black-owned social media site, Fanbase. Okay, so let's rewind a bit. Um, discuss the cultural significance of, of Black Twitter and viral trends from Black creators on TikTok and Instagram. Do you believe the social media sites we know of would be the same without black content creators? Absolutely not. I mean, I think a lot of, I mean, I think a lot of social media is driven by black content. Mm -hmm. It's driven by the black creators. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it's, it's, again, it's kind of an extension. It's kind of an extension of music, you know, how jazz music is driven by black creators, how hip hop music is driven by black creators, Mm -hmm. social media, um, Content is driven by black, you know, creators. I was, you know, um, last night, for example, I was on the phone talking to my girl and she is obsessed with these baby videos. Um, I don't know if you've seen those um, when these people are dancing and, you know, dance to a song called Baby. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah, of course. So she's, we're ch- chatting and she's sending me all these videos like all night, you know, and that's what she does. That's her kind of nightly entertainment instead of watching television she's watching these people make all these different creative videos so i definitely think that black creativity drives a lot of social media particularly on twitter black twitter is a real thing to the point where some people actually think it's a whole different platform but black twitter is a real thing that people have conversations about whether it's you know the real housewives of atlanta or you know uh judge uh judge katanzi jackson mm-hmm. um you know people these conversations are ongoing because they're very smart people who are on these content sites mm-hmm. having very smart observations and doing very smart things so i definitely do not think that the social media landscape that we have now would be the same if not for black creativity and if not black creativity kind of leading the way that's and I think that's key. Black creativity leading the way. You mm-hmm. you made an interesting point earlier. Um, so my background is is in music, and mm-hmm. one of the things that I learned is that just about every form of popular music in this country can trace its roots to a slave field. Yeah, that sure. includes country music, of course, rock and roll. I mean, the more obvious ones that you mentioned, jazz, hip hop, those sorts of things. But blues, blues yeah. of course, naturally. But all these popular uh, types of music, and, and this includes pop music. So if you look at pop music that is meant to be mass appeal, um, if you trace the roots back, you'll find that they are deeply embedded in a slave field somewhere in this, in this country. And so um, that goes to show how that there's this ripple effect or, or this um, connectivity between black content and all content, you know, it's yeah, sort of, of course, the source yeah. or the framework or, okay, this works. We swap these piece out with this other piece, or we'll change this little movement, or we'll, we'll add this little sentence at the end and we'll build off of what originally was a black creation. And so again, um, we can see those roots. And of course, not, not all people get paid off of, you know, the branches of the tree, but I, I do appreciate uh, your article because how it frames um, fan base as exactly what it is, an alternative that will work better to, to write the injustices that we've seen uh, with respect to like viral trends and really, you know, more or less all social media content. 
Um, yeah. We've seen people make billions of dollars. We've seen, you know, all these sorts of things. And we know that the backbone, the reason that many people check these sites out because they're cool or they're fun or, you know, the idea of being connected with your friends in a certain type of way and sharing content, um, a lot of that has its roots in Black youth culture, yeah, um, yeah. Not, not too distant from what we'll call hip hop culture. And so yeah. um, I just appreciate the way that you answered that because that's oh, kind of, that kind of, uh, jives with my observations as well. And I think that fan base, you know, with it being based in Atlanta, I think that's very important. You know, um, this is like a, you know, this is a tech company that's based in Atlanta in the South, not San Francisco or Los Angeles or New York. And I think that's important as a black company because so much comes out of Atlanta. You know, a couple of years ago, we wrote a series of stories about how Atlanta is a cultural, is the black cultural center of the world. Right. So much stuff comes out of Atlanta, whether it's music or fashion or, you know, television, whether, you know, from Tyler Perry movies to Outcast to all this stuff is coming right out of Atlanta to our, you know, even the Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young and, you know, how he's kind of this, you know, new vanguard of a hip hop basketball player. So for fan base to be based in Atlanta, I think that means a lot and it says a lot about how the black cultural influence is so strong in America, particularly in Atlanta, and how Atlanta is kind of leading that charge to kind of get those stories out, to get those message out, messages out, and to get that kind of cultural dynamic out to as many people as possible. Because a lot of, you know, a lot of, I don't know where a lot of your listeners are from, you know, obviously all over the country, but Atlanta, you know, I live here. In Atlanta is this cultural mecca, you know, a lot of oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, here. absolutely. A lot of stuff comes out of Atlanta and, you know, yeah. fan base is just kind of another one of those things. Yeah. I've, I've been fortunate enough to travel all over the world yeah. and, uh, and, and all over the country, all 50 states. And Atlanta is by far and away my favorite place to be. Okay. Come, on and, um, come on and move down here and bring the show down here. Listen, man, this, that's, that's a conversation we've been having, so we never know. <laughs> All right. But that'll do it for us today. We appreciate your time. Um, before we let you go, how can uh, folks keep up with you? Any any upcoming projects, articles you might be working on, or pieces, or uh, media, all that? Yeah, well, well thanks for asking. I just uh, finished my first book, which came out uh, April 19th, nice. called The Many Lies of Andrew Young, okay. about the former Atlanta mayor and civil rights icon. So you can find that on Amazon or um Barnes and Noble, any, any bookstore. Mm-hmm. Um, you can reach me on Instagram and Twitter um, at, at Ernie Suggs. Uh, that's kind of the best way to find me on those social media platforms. Mm-hmm. I'm on fan base as well. Okay. Um, and I'm with the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Um, my email address is esuggs at ajc.com. So if you have any um, questions or comments or story ideas, please feel free to uh, reach out to me anytime. Okay. I'll uh, be sure to add you on my uh my fan base uh oh yeah as well so when yeah. people check me out hopefully they'll see that i'm connected with you as well and we'll, we'll right. lock in there we'll we'll build it together you know at yes, least sir. with this right. episode yeah so all right well once again thank you very much for your right. insight well, and you your much. article and good luck with everything yes sir uh our guest today ernie suggs from the atlanta journal constitutional and before i go i'll leave you with this if we set the trends we should receive the credit If we create the content, we should receive the royalties. If we impact the world, we should be remembered for it. The rule seems simple enough, but after nearly 20 years of social media sites dominating our everyday lives, it seems like they're almost never enforced in a way that benefits Black folks. 
fan base is seeking to change that. And just like when FUBU first came out, I was on it early. I signed up months ago. You can check the date on my first posts. I'm at Ramses Ja. Just like FUBU, I was proud to spend my own money because I knew it was going towards something bigger than what I could see today. Honestly, just like FUBU, fan base is for us, by us. And that's enough for me. I said what I said, don't add me. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Follow us on all social media at Our Daily Story Podcast. I am your host, Ramses Ja. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on Our Daily Story. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.